Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. And I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Nicole Russin McFarland of Lucky Pineapple Films. And Nicole, it's awesome to have you on the show. Hello. I'm in a closet. So, <laughs> I mean, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's that time, Hopefully right? The, but I will tell the audience in the future, someday this is going to be, someday very soon after the quarantine, this background might be Wendy Wellington and the beautiful views of New Zealand or London. Because that's where we're going to open companies. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely looking forward to, yeah. to kind of talking a little bit more about that. But before we jumped in, I wanted to read a little bit more about Nicole so they can hear about all the awesome things that you're doing. And Nicole Russell McFarlane is a film director and film score composer. Successful with her short film, she is currently self-animating her first animated feature film for a release called The Homeworks Revenge, Esther in Wonderland. Esther in Wonderland's film score, score, score album has already earned itself over 100,000 Spotify streams. And after this project is available, Nicole will be making large budget animated films. Nicole, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yeah. Awesome. I love talking about what I do. So yeah, <laughs> there you totally. go. Well, you're, you're in the right place. So uh, before uh, I wanted to kind of kick everything off with what I call your CEO story, hear a little bit mm -hmm. more about what exactly you do, what, got, what led you here, and then hear more about all the projects that you're working on as well, too. Okay. Well, um, basically every interview, I have to explain to people comparisons or people don't understand me. So I recommend that for people comparisons and my comparison would be I love Hans Summer and I love Peter Jackson and I always want to be like them rolled together into one. Uh, Hans Summer is a rock star from Germany. He's so cool um, and he is somebody who on paper you, we are not supposed to believe would be the king of Hollywood film scores but he is because he's super amazing businessman. Peter Jackson, again, the same thing. People say that you have to be American make, or occasionally British. And uh, to make it in the American film market, you have to be all kinds of things. And that's not the case. Peter Jackson lives in Wellington. He's from a little town in New Zealand. He's a Kiwi dude. Again, super, really intellectual. And that's one reason he's successful is because of how smart he is. And um, he also, I do want to give credit to his wife, but at the time she was his girlfriend and together they made the biggest movies in the world, Lord of the Rings. And the third person I always talk about is, not a surprise to people, James Cameron, Canadian gentleman, from not a busy area in Canada, and yet he's another person who's one of the best directors ever and the most success successful because of how smart he is. And uh, there's something I can mention here. I know people say like, oh, it's film and whatever, but uh, it kind of overlaps with any business people want to do. And I can talk about myself and what we're doing. But anyway, so those are the dudes I love. I always say I have loves of my life, not romantically, but work-wise. And yeah. uh, James Horner and some others, but those are the main ones. Um, and I kind of relate to their stories more than Steven Spielberg and other people. Although I love Mr. Spielberg with every bit of my heart. And I love Amblin and, and their, all he does because he makes it so personable. And they're the only people 
in Hollywood who write back to people if you write them online that you love a movie and stuff and I, I or whatever it is to the fans and they, they also were super cool and nice when I did an article with them for Variety and on Gremlins actually different things but one of it part of it's Gremlins and how he um, was one of the first directors to have toys and tie-ins for all the films he produced um, it was a wonderful article I loved being part of not because I wrote it. It was wonderful because of like all of the topic and all the things in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Kanye. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> wonderful because I wrote it. Um, so anyway, I always want to do that. But in order for people to hire you, you can't just be the person who shows up and you're a 20-year-old girl who wants to make a movie. You have to actually start making movies. And um, nobody was hiring me to work. The standard thing when I would ask film directors was I would tell them I want to do this. And I would meet them and whatever. And they would tell me, well, you know, apply for a production company, apply for a place where you like movies. That never happened. Nobody was hiring me. And I was just meeting kind of people who were not, I met really good directors, but I also met people who were kind of the underworld and not really serious about filmmaking. They're just in it for churning out a quick buck and they don't really want to, um, you know, make more films. They want to make one or two independent films. And I didn't want to be part of that. I wanted to be James Cameron and also some of the directors I was meeting. Um, and just, you know, Ang Lee, all those amazing people, best director winners. I wanted to be like them and not like the people who are actually the majority of people who go and fail or they're just in it for a quick buck, like I said, and they have no intentions to make art or make great cinema or even blockbusters. So what we are doing right now and this is why I have a smile, like, ah, like, like, from here to here, <laughs> every day I've been waking up, is because I am with my friend Ryan McGregor, who's a British actor, he's from Scotland, um, we are founding, going from my little DIY animation that I've been doing to prove to people I'm serious, and on YouTube, and it has interests and stuff, people watch those, and we've had Amazon Prime, but it does better on YouTube, so we're going from that to me, co-founding a actual film studio with Ryan in New Zealand and we're going to start with animation and after animation we're going to go to blockbuster movies we're also going to at the same time once we're kind of settled a little bit in New Zealand um, get everything going for a British version so that way we can have it's basically the same concept but we would be able to tell British stories McFarland obviously is part of my last name uh, Russ and McFarland and I don't really know a lot about Belfast or Ireland and those things. I would love to and love to know more about British culture. Ryan wants to tell a lot of Scottish stories and we also have some friends who want to create stories um, and have things that are not necessarily seen a lot because most people only have London and they don't have, uh, you know, like London, LA, New York. That's where people live in, in Hollywood films. So we want to do all that and be part of the, you know, great kiwi scene and and it's not only sir peter jackson these days it's also james cameron and a whole bunch of people who go down to film in new zealand and ghost in the shell and all these super amazing movies are made there and if not there the special effects are at least made there to kind of went in on that it's like the little mermaid and she sings to be part of your world and i always wanted to be part of your world of these men and to just kind of follow in their footsteps quite literally going down to new zealand and um, like I said, in Britain, 
I, I, wherever you want to take it from here, I can follow uh, your lead. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you for for breaking that down. Tell us a little bit about your story and what exactly you're working on now. Uh, What would you call, or what would you consider to be what I call your secret sauce? The thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique. Um, Well, I think because I am Midwestern and I am from Illinois, I'm somebody who grew up all around Illinois because my dad would get jobs everywhere. So I got to see Chicago on weekends. I got to see downstate Illinois. I got to see St. Louis. I got to see all that stuff. And then sometimes we would go to Kansas City. Um, and I lived, I've lived on and off in New York and I've also gone on and off to New York. And I got to see the hustle that immigrants bring to Manhattan. And um, I just noticed, I mean, not a brag, but the greatest people in the world from every profession, whether it's Walt Disney, Kanye West, um, and, and regardless of what people think of him, he is a brilliant producer and I admire his work. Um, you know, you could even say Hugh Hefner, even though he's a controversial person, he started a brand that was about a healthy, it changed, but it was originally about the healthy image of the girl next door being perfect as she is. And that is a good message. Now it got twisted and and I don't think he was... You know, maybe then he, he ended up promoting bad body image and whatever, but originally it was good. It was like, you don't need to lose weight. You don't need anything. You're perfect as you are just because you're the secretary or, you you know, whatever it is. And you, and you could look at Henry Ford or all these people and they're all Midwesterners. And sometimes they're not about necessarily a certain background, you know, like Scandinavian or, or Dutch or whatever. It's... um just because they're Midwesterners and you're growing up learning that there's no reason you can't be successful. Everybody has like, this is something that people don't understand in the South or when you talk to people from England in the Midwest, everyone has the same accents. So like somebody who grew up on the South side of Chicago with no money has the same accent as a rich man who grew up elsewhere as whoever, like no color, no uh, socioeconomic class, none of that we all have the same accents. We're all the same people. We're all like, uh, someone's car breaks down on the highway. We all fix it for you. We don't care how rich or poor you are, whatever. We're just nice to each other. There's this community there. And I kind of don't, I've seen that in Manhattan from the people who are actually native New Yorkers, but I've never seen that anywhere else. I've never seen that in, you know, that you, you go to like a cool city. Uh, I don't know an example, but say a super cool metropolis of Austin, Texas, and everyone's there together as a family. Like, I I don't see that there, not to knock it, because it's a great place when I went to school there, Um, or West Hollywood, or wherever that, these places I've been more uh, acquainted with, we don't have that community. And that's kind of also another reason I'm drawn to New Zealand, and Britain, and these places, is because I think I sense that a little bit more, but there's nothing like the Midwest. And I think you can't buy that. I think you grow up being like, the world is yours. You can do whatever you want. And when people tell me that they've grown up elsewhere, they get told that's impossible. You can't do that. The Midwest is like, hey, you, boy, you have $5 in the bank. You use that $5 and make yourself a businessman. Like where in in the rest of the world, people would say you only have $5 in the bank. And then it's like glass is half empty. Mentality. Yeah, yeah that, there's no, no makes, that's why it's just a totally different yeah. way of life. And you don't realize that until you step outside the Midwest. Yeah. And then you say like, oh, wait, I grew up in the most awesome place on earth and I never knew. I used to say, get me the 
f out of here now i want I, i'm so happy i'm from there right it's it's amazing yeah yeah who you are and where you're born definitely becomes yeah. a huge part of you so i appreciate you uh sharing that so i wanted to switch gears a little bit and i want to ask you for what i call a ceo hack so this could be like an app a book or a habit that you have but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient Okay. So one of the things that makes me more effective and efficient is I don't care what other people think of me in a positive way, meaning I'm not going to be mean to you. But if people are set in their ways, I just don't care that something is trending right now, because that's a big problem that is in the U.S. entertainment industry. That's why I have arguments with people is because they say, like, you're not this, you're not that. And it doesn't matter. There's always a trend. You don't look a certain way. You don't sound a certain way. You don't dress a certain way. You are not right for the moment. And they, they're very into tokenism. So it's like, let's get an Asian girl. Oh, wait, you're not that. Oh, let's get this. And me, they're like, people don't know what to do with me because they're like, okay, a redhead chick, but you're of different backgrounds. It's like, how does that, and like, why do you, why are you white? Whatever. It's like, you know, it's genetics, <laughs> DNA, uh, whatever. And then I actually had problems where, like when I was a model at a modeling agency, I would deal with that all the time. They're like, well, you know, you're fair, but you don't look like these girls from the Ralph Lauren catalogs, but you are these backgrounds. Do you speak other languages? Do you, can we use you as like a, a maid? I'm like, no, I'm not going to be a maid or whatever. Or, and, 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 you know, all these stereotypical things and people didn't know what to do with me. I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something you would tell yourself if you were to hop into a time machine. I okay. Well, I always say I it is the year two thousand nine, and I am a very underpaid freelance writer for the newspaper for a newspaper I like, the New York Daily News. I'm also a recently signed model in Manhattan, and I'm arguing with people all the time, and I'm not getting any other people to believe in me other than the New York Daily News. And I'm also dealing with lots of harassment because this was pre me too in a Roger Ailes world, and nobody would hire me, and because I wouldn't agree to it. So um, I would tell myself, you know what. As much as you love Manhattan and you need a day job and all that jazz, as they say in the Midwest, um, what you need to do, if you really want to be like Peter Jackson, you pick up a book, study special effects, you study, which is what I'm doing now as an adult and I've done for some time, but you need to study animation, you need to study all this like he did and you, as soon as you understand all of that enough, and you're brave enough and you start making your movies that you put out to the world just to prove you can because you need to be doing that instead of looking for jobs 24 7 you do need a day job but don't waste your time where you don't belong and ring up the new Zealand film commission when you're ready yeah, yeah. No, i appreciate that nugget and and, and and definitely uh bringing that down and so now i wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question which is the definition of what it means to be a ceo we're hoping to have different quote-unquote ceos on the show so nicole what does being a ceo mean to you it would mean that it is scary because sometimes you really have to follow what you want to do but if you were smiling like i mentioned to you that i felt very sad for a long time i've been smiling a lot like oh like that like people can't see me on the podcast version of this but on the youtube one they can i'm smiling like oh, like a clown <laughs> mm -hmm. okay that is what you want so if something makes you smile when you talk about it to people or it makes you happy that's what you want and it's not even though it's a little bit scary you should follow that and if you're feeling bad that you can't just deal with people you feel unwelcome you're getting these bad signals read them and, and go with them and don't 
deal with those people. Don't uh, say that you're dealing with products. Don't source products from bad people. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense, Nicole. I definitely appreciate that. And for people that want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that and get in touch with you? Oh, on social media, I'm Nick Russin, N-I-C-R-U-S-S-I-N. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And we will definitely have the links and information in the show notes so that everybody can follow up with you. But I truly appreciate you taking some time out. I appreciate yeah. uh, you uh, l- lending some words of wisdom with us as well, too. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.